0: So today we're going to talk about something that has become a growing trend, especially during these times of stress with the pandemic, meditation. Emma, what has your experience been with meditation? I haven't had too much experience with typical meditation.
1: I mean, I've tried Headspace like a lot of people. I've attended a few grad school seminars about mindfulness and practicing mindful eating or encouraging us to take time to go for a walk, to clear our head. Most of it's been focused on relieving stress, at least what I've done. My main form of meditation, which technically isn't meditation, as we'll talk about later, is more prayer and Bible memorization. So in those moments of stress, I try to take a moment to pray for, to God for strength or pray that I can see a situation with a different lens or give God the glory with my response to a situation.
0: Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I know, I never think of prayer as like a typical form of meditation. I associate that more with like religions of the Eastern world, but we'll definitely get into that later. So my first exposure to meditation was completely by accident. <laughs> and I was actually looking for a different club meeting, uh, Students Against Sweatshops, <laughs> when I was at Rutgers. <laughs> and I ended up walking into the completely wrong room. <laughs> I'm a little embarrassed to say that I stayed for the whole club meeting because <laughs> I couldn't bring myself to admit that I wasn't supposed to be there. <sighs>
1: That's so kind of you to stay, oh my gosh, little freshman Rachel.
0: <laughs> I was just not going to be the one to stand up and walk out of that room, um, but I have to say because I wasn't planning to be there or, you know, intending to have that experience, it was definitely a little strange to me, um, my first experience. So this group practiced meditation that involves chanting and... You know, I now practice mindfulness meditation in my daily life, but this type of chanting meditation I found is not really for me now, but I gave it a shot during this club meeting and I even still remember the phrase <laughs> that we were repeating.
1: What was the phrase you were repeating?
0: <laughs> oh, um, nam yoho renge which I, they probably told us what it meant and I, I do not remember what it means. I feel bad about that, but. If um, someone knows, please tweet us or email us. Yeah, please let us know. Um, I will say like it was very soothing, um, you know, just repeating that phrase over and over again. But but at that point, like meditation didn't really resonate with me <laughs> and I didn't come back to it uh, until I was in grad school. So I took a class through CAPS, which is the mental health services at UNC. And that was really helpful for me to learn more about um different techniques and strategies and um, just to be able to learn um, kind of the methods behind that. And now I use it as a tool for stress relief and self-reflection.
1: So let's start with the basics. What is meditation?
0: Meditation has come to describe various practices that are used to relax and reduce stress. Most of us have tried meditation and know that it involves generally sitting still, focusing on your breathing, and some kind of reflection, but at its heart, meditation involves training your attention and opening awareness, and we'll talk more about different kinds of meditation practices later meditation has been practiced for thousands of years and it's estimated that it dates back as early as 5000 before common era so very old practice
1: although meditation has become a widely popular secular trend it has deep religious ties from china ancient egypt judaism sikhism jainism hinduism and of course buddhism there's a lot of focus now on the health benefits but originally it was practiced for spiritual reasons
0: yeah, and we talked a little bit about this in the intro, but I did kind of notice as I was reading through that list that Christianity is not included in this list. So I, you know, I'm not a practicing Christian, but I wanted to hear from you, Emma. Like, do you consider prayer to be meditation for you?
1: So I did some research on this because I actually wasn't super sure myself, mainly because I'm not that familiar with meditation to know all the kind of different tenets. But from what I read, they were saying meditation normally focuses on removing thoughts or just focusing on one thing at a time and trying to keep that focus. And being a practicing Christian, I would say prayer is different in that it's more active and is a conversation with God where you're trying to bring your scattered thoughts to him. So it's less focused on me and my thoughts and more focused on God. When I pray, I find I'm able to focus on my problems and see how little they are in the grand scheme of things and intentionally give them over to God in my mind. And this gives me clarity, helps me remember my strengths from him, and ultimately that he's in control. Prayer is often used to worship God as well and praise him for his qualities and gifts. You see this a lot in the Old Testament where they actually will do some more uh different songs and singing different hymns in a form of prayer, but almost like in a meditative chanting kind of way. And meditative prayer can also be used in Christianity to help memorize Bible verses. For me, I'll try and say the verse over and over out loud until I've memorized the verse and repeat that over a few days until I can recall the
0: verse easily. Oh yeah, we had um This was maybe like more in fun, but I remember vacation Bible school growing up, um, we we learned a song about the fruits of the spirit. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
1: And that song will stay with you forever.
0: (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Uh, So meditation didn't really get too much attention in the West until the 20th century and in the research world, people got involved in looking into the health benefits of meditation sometime around the 1960s because they were fascinated by some of the seemingly superhuman feats of people engaged in meditation. So for instance, one Indian researcher found that individuals engaged in meditation did not react to pain from hot test tubes pressed against their skin. And a more dramatic example would be Uh, I'm sure people have seen iconic images of the the Buddhist monk who was protesting against persecution of Buddhists by South Vietnamese government, uh, burning himself alive and just being able to, you know, sit there calmly as it's happening.
1: Yeah, it definitely goes to show how when people can put their mind to something or have that singular focus, just what they can withstand. While many people do value that image as a symbol of resistance, scientists were really fascinated at the biology behind this kind of focus. As most scientists are, we want to know why and
0: how people can do this. Yes, and the test tube study has been repeated since the 1960s. In a 2009 study, researchers found that Zen meditators who practiced over a thousand hours of meditation had a lower sensitivity to pain than non-meditator controls.
1: With increasing scientific interest in the benefits of meditation, it gained a kind of validity in the West, instead of being dismissed as something Eastern and mystical. Of course, many Americans' first exposure to meditation came from celebrities like the Beatles. They became interested in transcendental meditation in the 1970s, even going to India to study
0: it. Along with this growing acceptance and interest in meditation in the West came many claims that it can reduce stress, lower pain, reverse neurodegeneration, and even slow aging. And we've talked a little bit about the evidence for pain reduction, but what about the other claims?
1: In 2014, a meta-analysis was published
0: on meditation programs for
1: stress management. As a reminder, a meta-analysis is a research paper that reviews many studies in a field to try and combine the findings using statistics in hopes of drawing broader conclusions about a specific research question or treatment. This kind of careful consolidation of research is desperately needed in the meditation field because studies can be very difficult to interpret.
0: Yeah, there are a few problems with meditation research as there are problems, you know, in any field, it can always improve. So with meditation, one of the first problems is self-selection bias, meaning that the type of person who signs up for a meditation study probably already has some preconceived notions that it will benefit their mental health. And because it's kind of hard to blind somebody in a situation like this, that could affect the results. So this bias can especially affect studies where participants have to self-report how they feel instead of taking unbiased measurements like measuring blood pressure, heart rate, weight, or you know something else quantifiable with numbers.
1: Absolutely. So a better approach may be trying to find an unbiased way to recruit study participants. But that comes with its own kind of questions.
0: Yeah, then you can introduce bias as a, as a researcher. Um, but second, not all of these studies include a good control group. Let's say you're performing a study where you have a group of people take a meditation course to reduce stress. If you just use non-meditators as a control group, there are a lot of factors that could contribute to the meditation group showing improvement. What about the placebo effect? Just by taking a special course to lower stress, they could start having more positive thoughts or confidence, A group therapy session can also bring a sense of community and connection that can increase well-being, so a good control group could be having a separate group that has some kind of separate instruction that's not meditation. Maybe it's just deep breathing exercises or stress management or anything that's not meditation-based.
1: This meta-analysis only included studies with what they called active controls, including some kind of comparison intervention that wasn't meditation in the control group. This study found that meditation provided a moderate improvement in anxiety, depression, and pain. There was low evidence or no effect of meditation on positive mood, attention, substance use, eating habits, sleep, and weight. And they found no evidence for meditation improving stress management. The authors mentioned, however, that better study designs would help determine the effects of meditation on mental health.
0: Another issue that came up in this paper is consistency on types of meditation. There are so many different forms of meditation that it adds yet another variable, and it can be hard to compare these studies. So while this can be a drawback to research studies, I think it's actually a huge benefit to people who want to practice meditation because you have a lot of options um, for the best kind of meditation that would work for you. So for example, I didn't really connect with the chanting meditation that I tried in college, but that's okay because there are lots of other forms. And we wanted to talk broadly about two different kinds of meditation. Meditation can be broken down in so
1: many different ways. It can be guided or unguided, stationary or movement based, silent or vocal, religious and secular. We will just cover a few of the most popular forms of meditation, but please know that there are many more out there. First, one of the most widespread forms of meditation is mindfulness meditation, which focuses on being present and aware of your thoughts and feelings in the moment without judgment of those thoughts and feelings.
0: I think the fun part about mindfulness is that it doesn't require complete stillness and quiet. So you can be mindful at any point during the day. Although sitting down and practicing mindfulness and meditation is definitely required to shape this kind of thinking, you can also practice mindfulness with everyday actions as you're going through the day, like eating, um, Emma already mentioned, or working or exercising, even having a conversation. So often we rush through things like eating lunch, whereas with mindfulness, we can slow down and fully experience the present. And it's important to point out that even within mindfulness, there are many ways to practice focused breathing, body scans. Um, there's a meditation called loving kindness, um, where you um, try to project like good feeling, feelings and empathy towards the people in your life. Um, these are just a few examples. Second, transcendental meditation is another form of
1: meditation that focuses on repeating a silent mantra to reach a state of relaxation and awareness. A mantra is a word or a sound and doesn't have a specific meaning because the whole goal of transcendental meditation is to shift the mind from active thoughts to relaxation or calm. Practicing transcendental meditation involves meditating twice a day for 15 to 20 minutes. This is different from mindfulness because mindfulness involves observing our thoughts Whereas transcendental meditation involves actively calming them.
0: Yeah, I didn't know a lot about transcendental meditation before I started looking this up. But um, I watched a video by somebody who practices it and he had a really great analogy where he talked about our thoughts as like an ocean where it's there's a lot of action on the surface. And with transcendental meditation, you're like trying to calm the waves on the surface. Whereas with mindfulness, you're just kind of watching them go up and down. So I thought that was interesting. I like that. That's a cool way to think of it. Yeah. So while the benefits of meditation are somewhat unclear right now, some early studies are showing promise and scientists are putting the practice to the test in the clinic, which will be important. And certainly uh, lots of wellness professionals and universities are embracing mindfulness meditation programs as a way to de-stress and reduce anxiety. With the development of better control groups, it will be exciting to see uh, what these researchers find.
1: We do want to point out that even though controls are needed to show that meditation is more effective than other interventions like therapy or stress management courses, the lack of controls does not invalidate the positive difference meditation can have in lieu of no activity. We've seen this in science before where people say they do well like with blue light glasses and there's not enough research to show Mm -hmm. if that works or not doesn't work. So there is still
0: personal autonomy even when there's science out there. Definitely. So if you like meditating like I do, keep doing it. (laughs) And, you know, it's personally for me, it's part of my morning routine. But if it's not for you, there's so many other ways to manage your stress and improve your mental health and well-being. Like chocolate.
1: (laughs) Yes.